Hi everyone, welcome to Anita's World. What are your priorities for today? Yeah, I asked, what are your priorities for the day? Today's podcast is almost a part B from last week's segment on my never-ending to-do list because my thought process continued after I posted that podcast and it was triggered by a question someone asked me. So if I was to ask you what your priorities are for the day, there's probably a bunch of you who have very clear goals and priorities for the day. There's another bunch who maybe are hazy. Uh, Most people do have a a sort of plan or so I hope when they wake up each morning about what they want to accomplish. Um, But now what I realized from last week's podcast is that my sense of feeling unfulfilled as I sat and reviewed my day's accomplishments and agendas it's something that came to me this morning. It was such an aha moment. The Holy Spirit prompted me and showed me that my lack of contentment comes on my review based on a wrong premise. Let me explain this. I make my plans, I pray and commit them to God. And even as I'm making them, I'm seeking his, his wisdom, his guidance and his counsel. And I commit them to him and I surrender my time and I say, Lord, lead me and guide me uh, to fulfill them. But what I realize is that when the day unfolds or when things happen in a certain way, after I have entrusted my plans to God, when I start reviewing them, I come and begin to review them from a human perspective instead of reviewing them from God's agenda. So who sets your agenda is a premise I'm working with as I continue. Because As I sit and ponder, I realize that God's agenda a lot of the time is not like man's agenda. In fact, all of the time, we know and say God's ways are not our ways. And what God considers important may not be what from our worldly society or from, yeah, just the world in general may not be what we, we term as important. It's so interesting. We serve a God who lives outside of time or who exists outside of time and therefore sees things with an eternal perspective. But we as humans are bound within time. However, as we analyze our life, because we come from a kingdom perspective, when you are in Christ, it means that the lens you begin to look at your life and your actions through cannot be a worldly lens. We also need to begin to look at our lives and our actions from an eternal perspective because that's a perspective God is giving us. So are your daily actions achieving for you an eternal legacy or eternal fruit fruit that will last? And this is in line with, with doing versus being. This is something I love coaching on and teaching on. And it's something I'm currently taking through my coaching program. Um, because when we look at our lives, many times we focus on the doing aspect of our lives and forget the being, which is the essence and what is, which is God's main focus. Because at the end of the day, remember, God is working to conform us to the image of Christ, which is being, which is character. So our agendas, a lot of the time, will be based on our doing, the things we need to do that we can see and we can measure the results. But we forget the intangible part that God is focused on and that he's working to build. So even as we are setting our goals, are we setting them from our doing and being balanced outlook or are we only focusing on the doing part and as i sat and reviewed my day was my focus so much on the doing i forgot to to look at the being and seeing what was god trying to build in me and that's why my plans in quotes may not have 
turned out exactly how I wanted. And I'm not saying to throw out your plans and just fly by the seat of your pants and no have and have no agenda. And I don't mean that God will disrupt the plan every day. However, it's something we I need to be mindful of, and I guess each and every one of us. And I had a very powerful coaching session with my coach like two weeks ago. And it's only when I was thinking about this that I realized that as I spoke with her throughout the session, I realized that I had begun to lose my 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 sense of of living out divinely and had begun to get caught up in the human way of doing things. And it's only through the, the process of coaching as we were speaking that I began to see that, ah, in the past few months, I think I've gotten caught up in the doing part and God was trying to realign me and take me back to the being part. And I realized that when I'm in the being part, I'm usually more fulfilled. When my focus is on, 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 on God's agenda, and I can review it from his perspective. I find fulfillment and contentment from that. And not when I get caught up in the frenzy of life and, oh my gosh, I need to do, 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 do. Because when we're walking in God, we need to, we can't, we can't walk out our lives the way the world does. It cannot be a constant striving without accomplish, without fulfillment and accomplishment. Whatever we're doing needs to come from a sense of peace and, and contentment. Um... And as I was studying the book of Acts, uh, I've been working my way through the book of Acts. I'm still there. I know. <laughs> I was reading Acts chapter 24, verse 27. And he's talking about Paul. And, and, and he had just come to the end of his missionary journeys. He had, uh, and he, was, he had headed back to Jerusalem. And before he came back to Jerusalem, I remember many people were warning him and telling him, please, the, the disciples, don't go back. Um, the Holy Spirit had even warned him that you go back, you, you have imprisonment and death facing you. And even the prophet Agabus had come and shown him what would happen to him when he went back to Jerusalem. But despite all those warnings, Paul knew he needed to go there. So I remember in Acts chapter 21 verse 13 when the when the disciples were bidding him farewell and they were so sad and they'd come with their families to the beach and they were crying and telling him bye. Paul asked them, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So as he said this, he went to, or as he responded to them, it's very interesting that the, uh, the disciples in verse 14 say that after they had given up trying to dissuade Paul, they said, okay, let the Lord's will be done. And at that point, I wondered at what point in our, in our day do we stop and say, you know what? Let the Lord's will be done. Yes, you have planned, you have tried, so they tried to convince him and everything they said, but you know what? At the end of the day, let the Lord's will be done. And that's my prayer for each of us that we'll get to a point that every day we will plan, we'll prioritize, but we'll say, what, you know what? May the Lord's will be done. But may this not be at the end of the door or in the middle when things are falling through the cracks. At the beginning, may we surrender it. Anyway, so I was getting to the point whereby, so yes, he went there and he was arrested and he was brought before the governor. And his accusers came, of course, they didn't have a, a, a case with enough evidence. But it's so interesting. Felix, the governor, kept him around. Uh, and that's why they say when two years had passed. Like for two years, Felix just kept him around because first he liked listening to him. So they'd say that he'd send for him from time to time. In the beginning, he came with his wife, Priscilla, who was a Jewess, to come and listen to what Paul had to say. And when they say two years had passed, I felt like two years of his life were summarized in that statement. And it made me wonder, in the eternal perspective, is your life when so and so passed? Like, we are passing through this world. So our life sometimes may feel like a dot. Your circumstances may feel like a dot in the, in the span of all eternity. 
but it counts and it's important. So in that passing, what is your agenda? Who is dictating what your agenda is spent on? For those two years, God saw fit that as Paul was there in prison, he spent most of his time, can I say maybe these inmates, but speaking to Felix. So what was it in Felix that Paul needed to speak into his life consistently for, for those two years that he was kept hanging around when he could have been preaching to the churches and speaking to them? Uh, I don't know what else happened in those two years because yes, he was under guard. I remember the last time for him and Paul and Silas were in the prison, just one night and the jailer and his whole household believed in Jesus and were baptized. So I don't know what impact he had when he was in that prison cell for those two years. Uh, it's in his second imprisonment that they say he wrote uh, at least four of his letters to the churches. So in this one, we don't know if he wrote any or not, but it may have looked like what he did was not important from the from a worldly perspective where you're thinking, oh gosh, you should have been going around the churches and preaching. But God so fit that he ministered to just those people in his prison in that season. How much more to see that God's agenda sometimes does not look like ours. God's ways are truly not our ways. So right now, I don't know what circumstance you're going through. I don't know what prison or dungeon it may feel like, but God wants to meet you in those circumstances right where you are. He wants to take control of your time and your life exactly where you are. And all he needs us to do is to surrender. So my revelations and takeouts when it comes to prioritization, um, I think just walking through this process made me realize and even talking to, to my coach made me realize that a lot of the time we may be living out things on a subconscious level and I realized that my life was working and it's only when something that is working is taken away from you that now you 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 begin to realize hey, yeah, what was working and you make it conscious especially when it was happening subconsciously. So this whole process uh, from towards the end of last year to this year has made me realize that I need to now consciously be aware that walking with God and walking in alignment to God's agenda and God's way of doing things works and is the way to live. Uh, and I know that I can set uh, my own goals because that's what I've learned. It's good to set goals and plan because God is a God of order and is a God who, who plans, okay? But as I do that, I need to commit all my plans to the Lord and they will succeed according to Proverbs 16.3. And even as I prioritize, it's for me to ask myself, what does God find important? You know, not to do it from a worldly perspective. So even as I'm committing my plans, my question is, who am I focusing on? That's the other thing that I cannot be focused on what the world is focusing on. But my eyes need to be steadfastly fixed on Christ. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Him whose mind is steadfast, is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. So my eyes need to be focused on Jesus. And the moment I stop focusing on him, that is when unrest comes. And I need to trust in him, trust in his leading. Because I know uh, many of us love this scripture, Isaiah 30 verse 21 that says, uh, whether you move to the left or to the right, your ears will hear a voice that says, this is the way, walk in it. So I need to be attuned to the Holy Spirit to hear him and to trust to trust that he's leading me as I stop to do my review that I will not review my goals and my accomplishments based on the world's yardstick but on what God deems important and what he is setting out to do in my own life my, one of my life verses is, is Psalms 90 verse 12 which says teach me to number my days aright that I may gain a heart of wisdom and that's a verse that I'm constantly trying to reflect on and gather and glean as much as I can 
And that's my prayer to God every day to teach me to number my days aright so that my life can be purposeful and meaningful because purpose, meaning, and fulfillment can only come from Jesus. And even as I trust and surrender to him, I realize that many times the small things in our lives end up being the big things to God. So as you're listening to me today, Take a moment and think about your life. What are the small things that the Holy Spirit has been prompting you about and you keep pushing to the back burner? It could be something as simple as talking to a friend who has gone through a hard season, picking up and calling your sibling who maybe just needed to hear a comforting word, calling your mother, spending time with your ailing parents. It could be playing with your children in the mud. You know, you had all these errands in you to run on a Saturday, but the Holy Spirit's telling you, you know what, forget that. Forget the background and everything else and the shopping. Sit on the grass and play with your child. It could be sleeping. Like, there are times, God just wants, just rest. Rest, my child. Rest, you know? And other times it could be working a 10-hour day or a 12-hour day, and that's why we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. So, for that to happen, we need to surrender our time to Him. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman and will never push and infringe upon our lives. We have to offer up our lives for him to work in them. So today, God asks you, can you trust me with your time? Can you trust the Lord with your time and trust him to lead you according to his path, according to his agenda? And may the Lord's will be done. Have a blessed day.